Welcome to another episode of Theology.fm. I'm your host, Jeremy Myers. Today we're going to have a discussion from Darren Hufford and Hans Funk. Darren is the main person on the Free Believers Network podcast, which is why I sort of emphasize him in the podcast episodes from the Free Believers Network. Darren is the founder and president of the Free Believers Network, author of several books, including The Misunderstood God. Great book. It reveals the lies that religion tells us about God. I've read it. I love it. I highly recommend it. And uh, Darren travels and speaks throughout the world on knowing the heart of God. There's links to this episode of Theology.fm, to his website, his own podcast on iTunes, his books on Amazon, and his Facebook, Twitter accounts, things like that as well. Now, in today's episode that I want to share with you, Darren and Hans talk about sex. (laughs) Actually, I suppose to be literal, uh, they talk about talking about sex. And what they point out is something I've often noticed as well, is that for some reason, Christians think, you know, that talking about sex is taboo. We're ashamed to talk about it in our preaching, teaching, in our conversations with friends and families. I firmly believe, though, that it is because of this shame and fear that there's so many problems with sexual issues and even sexual intimacy in the church today. Um, Since we cannot talk about sexual issues out in the open then sexual issues and temptations can never be dealt with in an honest manner. And so instead, what happens is, you know, because we don't talk about it, well, rather than helping, that actually hinders. Uh, Sex is seen as taboo and off-limits, which really only just causes greater multiplication of sexual issues and temptations, like putting a sign in the grass, do not walk in the grass. As soon as you do that, people want to walk in the grass. Uh, It's the same way with sex. When we put up these mental signs in the minds of everyone that certain issues, you know, discussions about sex are off limits, that we can't laugh about sex, think about sex, or even enjoy sex. What happens is that sexual issues, thinking about sex, consume people more than ever before, and that's when it becomes addictions and problems. And and then when those things happen, people feel like they can't talk about it with other people because it's shameful and, and, and you know, it's only so, supposed to be in the dark. So... I mean, to be honest, I understand. I, I myself am not comfortable talking about sex. Um, I have three daughters, and we homeschool our daughters, so they have not had the sex ed talk in school. They haven't gone through that class. And what that means is that any sex ed that my daughters get is up to my wife and I, and so far we have not yet you know, had the conversation with them. Not even with my oldest daughter. And it's not a discussion that we have been looking forward to all that much. But recently, my wife and I began to realize that there really shouldn't be anything scary or shameful about talking about sex with our daughters. Uh, If if it's something that we are afraid and ashamed of, then then they're going to sense this and they will equate sex with something that's, you know, shameful or fearful or even dirty. Uh, And that is not at all what we want to teach our daughters. Uh, We want to show them that sex is a beautiful part of being married. It's a gift of God to husbands and wives. It's a blessing. And so my wife and I have been trying to figure out how to present, have the, you know, have the conversation with with our daughters in that way. And we've realized that 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 means partly she and I, my wife and I, need to first get over the shame and guilt and fear about sex that we were brought up with. 
um, not our parents' fault, it's just the way the church was, you know, as we were growing up, and, and even to a large degree is today. Uh, I've been talking, I've been, in one way I've been trying to do that is I've been talking about sex recently in my One Verse podcast, not sex specifically, in the One Verse podcast, we're working our way through scripture one verse at a time, and I've been studying Genesis, and believe it or not, sex comes up several times in Genesis 1 and 2, and uh, in, in, my, in various podcast episodes, I explain why sex is a blessing from God, uh, in fact, even point out that sexual intimacy is the first command of God to humans in the Bible. <laughs> Uh, that's all in, in various One Verse podcast episodes from recent months. Uh, the most recent is Naked and Unafraid. It looks at Genesis 2.25. You also might want to go back and listen to episode 21, where I talk about sex, food, and animals. That's uh, looking at Genesis 1, 28-31. If you prefer to read something, I recently published a blog post on my blog at redeeminggod.com. The title of the blog post is, are you ready? Boners in the Bible. <laughs> uh, quite an interesting study that was. Uh, anyway, links to all those can be found in the show notes for this episode. Just go to theology.fm slash Hufford slash 19. You can get links to all of those. Um, anyway, all of this is sort of what Darren and Hans discuss in this episode of theology.fm. So let's listen in as they talk about sex. Glad to have you back. You're listening to The End of the Wild Show. My name is Darren Hufford. And this is Hans Funk, as usual. Oh. <laughs> great, great emails I get from this show. And, and uh, so many people will email and say nice things. Sometimes I got one the other day. Oh, man, this person was so, so angry. Uh-oh. And, and I get them every now and then. People are furious. And it's always over something that, you know, they think you said. or mm-hmm. And usually they'll tell you, you know, you said this, and they'll lay it out what you said. And sure. I'll go back and listen. It's like I didn't say that at all. Yeah. Like, literally, they will quote word for word what they heard, but not what I said, you know. I get but that. More often than I... not, though, everything I get from people are so stinging positive, And people yeah. are just, they're just... There, you know, I think people are less angry about everything we say and do because people don't see us as their pastors. Sure, I'm sure. Yeah. There's not that expectation. Yeah. Back when I was a pastor, if you do one thing wrong, if I would say my wife was pissed at me, <laughs> no, <laughs> you could see a wave go over the audience. Oh my gosh, he said pissed. He said pissed. Yeah, and they're yeah. so offended. They can't even think straight. Yeah. But the irony is, is an hour before service, they were watching a movie with people using yes. the F word. And, and that didn't offend them at all. But they crossed the magic threshold of the church world and went into the, you know, the church bubble. And the moment they did, they become Amish, whether they like it or not. Sure. They immediately, they go from being normal to Amish the moment they cross that threshold. And then if you say anything at all, if you say sex, <laughs> you know, or penis, you know, I mean, they, they just. <laughs> are mortified and they'll sure. leave and they'll drive home mortified. Sure. I can't believe he's and then they'll turn on TV and they'll watch it all. Sure. It's, I don't I never understood. Well there's that. a weird like that whole side of this there's a weird uh, and it is it, it's church wide it, it's it's a church issue that we tend to allow the world to tell us how things work in the area of sex in the area, no. and then we call we call the discussion of it when we're in god mode immoral yeah. And yet, the majority, like, I I, the, I remember the first time that we did a dating talk in youth. This was all the way back in, like, 99. The first dating talk mm-hmm. where the kids literally were saying, we need to talk about sex. And, they like, the 
uproar that happened when I did communicate with parents and then did the talk. And some parents said we didn't know and other parents. And this is, this is literally these kids. Most of them were high schoolers at that point. There there wasn't a huge, huge uh, junior high demographic. And these kids have already had sex ed at least two or three times according to the world. But we don't want to talk about in church. We don't want to have this conversation in church. Let's stop there. Okay. Because sex ed Okay, my, my kids have gone through it. Yes. My, okay, my daughter. You mean health class. Health class, yeah. Yes. My daughter the other day, I think it was Emma. She is, she, oh my gosh, this girl, she's going to be the death of me, but she is the yeah. greatest child that has ever walked the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like I, I look at her and I just marvel. I'm like, there's none like you. You, she is wonderful. Uh huh. She explained to me what sex ed was like. And it was so funny. I was laughing so hard because you could tell she didn't have any clue at all by the time it was over what in the world was just said to her. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, that was basically it. Well, like so, so really, okay. sex yeah, yeah, ed yeah. for your youth, sex ed for your youth, 95% of your youth is pornography. Sure. That's sure. what it is. No, it's, that's, I, that's true. That's the truth. So if you're not going to confront it you know, in your, uh, on your angle, yeah. which the sad thing is, is you shouldn't, I don't think a youth pastor should have to do sex ed, but I guess if you're... Uh, absolutely not. I'm not saying it's immoral for him to do so, but it's the parents should be doing I, it. But, the well, parents whatever. should be doing it, and I think, and this is, this is where I probably get myself into trouble. If it's not a conversation for your kid in our culture, it ought to be. Oh, at this like, point, this yeah. is it, Because absolutely. our culture, it's, it's sex. If you walk down the street, you are affected by sex. If yeah. you turn on your phone, you're affected by sex. If you turn on your TV, so, yeah. go to a movie. And so, like, like the billboard mentality of our culture associated with sexuality and passion pornography, it's everywhere. You can't get away well, from it. Right. And yeah. now the, the backside of this is like coming all the way back to point. Um, it is funny how many things we naturally engage socially and, and in terms of our entertainment and our conversations until we cross the threshold of quote unquote God's house. And it, this is something that's bugged no, me for years. No. The, the, I'm, I'm less affected by like, like the, 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 the like dislike for worship because I grew up with a dad that sings in choir. And so a lot of it's nostalgic for mm-hmm. me. But what drives me nuts about worship is when people talk about Lord come down and meet us in this place yeah. as if we, as if, if, if he is coming to us and not we are going, Literally into him all the time. He's yeah. everywhere. There is no God's There's house. There's no God showing up. Reality or, yeah. is God's house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Waking up in the morning is me realizing God's already there. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think, you know, the, the topic, it's funny that we kind of went off on this topic of sex because yeah. we had no, we were not no, intending to go there. We were going. <laughs> but you know what? I, I'm willing to stay here and keep discussing it because I, I think. You know, kids, kids in church. Okay, I'm driving down the road with my two <laughs> oldest daughters, Landon uh-huh. and Sydney. This was like four months ago. Uh-huh. They're going to try a new youth group. Um, their mom's really pushing them. And you know sure. what? We want them to be in a youth group. Sure. Listen, we live in liberal capital. Yeah. You wouldn't believe what my kids see in school. My kids see and experience things in school that they don't experience in Hollywood, California. Sure. The weirdness sure. here is is off the charts. Yeah. Okay. I, just bottom line. 
And, and so my wife and I are like, you know, I wouldn't mind for my kids to be in a youth group at church. I know there will be some bondage put on by the teaching. However, at least when the weirdness is happening at school, they might be able to look at another kid from across the room and have that knowing look like this ain't normal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, th- you need that to yeah. brace yourself from going off the deep end. Yeah. Because right now, the craziness level in America is off the stinking charts. Yeah. It is off yeah. the charts. So anyway, so that we're on the way to this youth group. And I told the kids, like, well, Dad, are we going to go to this every week? I said, look, I said, let me give you, let me give you both a lifetime supply of youth group. I said, I'll give it to you uh, in one block as we drive down the road. Uh-huh. I said, don't have sex. Don't let boys fill you up. Don't do drugs. Um, always be on your best behavior around others because you're representing Jesus. Invite people to church. Uh, don't cuss. Don't smoke. Don't drink. And I said, that's it. I said, that's yeah, a lot that, of it. That's, that's pretty much you know yeah, what I grew up with. I'm not saying about... Hans's youth group. Is no, that no, right? no, 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 no. That's, that's yeah. the average. Yeah. That's it. And so, but, but the whole thing is... Uh, the church would never talk about the whole sexual aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, the world increases in its, um, you know, discussion That's and true. its showing about it every day to a level that is it's unprecedented. Yeah, you know, and so as a as a young Christian in Hollywood, California, is where I was living. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading the words of Paul. Yeah, you know, I you know. Was it him who said, take capture of every thought, every thought and make yeah. it obedient? Second, to, and, and, and I'm saying, you know, I remember going to the store as a new Christian, um, walking across the store with my eyes looking down at the tiles right in front of my toes. Because if I looked up, I might see an attractive woman and be jolted with a fit of lust. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, I've got to take captive of every thought. And, and thinking, how did Paul do it? Well, suddenly I realize. The Apostle Paul, if you could get in a time machine and go back to his world, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to Paul, mm-hmm. but, you know, how often did was Paul confronted with sex? I mean, he might see a stick figure with boobs drawn on the inside of a cave or something. Sure. But for me, Hollywood, California, yeah. I cannot walk 10 feet out of my apartment without seeing a billboard. With it right on my no face. right in yeah literally um, the fact that yeah, I can back in the eighties yeah holy smokes what was on billboards and what what's oh, yeah. still what I, I actually think it's gotten I think believe it or not I think it's gotten a little bit more tame <laughs> well but, parts of it you know what's what's happened now is especially with the pornography industry uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah is pornography industry is starting to fall they're yeah. starting to um they're losing money. You know, and 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 they're sure. losing people, and the reason is is because people burn out on that stuff. Yeah. So what's happening now is they are doing more um, horrible things. Sure. Debauchery. Um, it's going deeper. Like violent. Yeah. Um, rape scenes and stuff like yeah. that. And and so there's like Nightline did this whole thing on it, and it's uh-huh. showing how bad it's getting worse and worse and worse. And we're raising a generation of people. Who now, when they think of sex, um, 
it is, uh, you know, forceful. It is rough. It yeah. is mean, and it has nothing to do well, with the way God it's intended. It's becoming more specialized. It's, yeah, exactly. it's going yeah. into higher specials. I want to. Can I? Can yeah. I go back to the taking every thought captive thing? Because that's that's a, a subject I've talked about with with young men several times. Because it like. If you go to the mall in Olympia, Washington on a Friday night, you will be faced with some very attractive women wearing some clothes that, that make it so that, yeah, without a doubt, um, you see you see things. Now, the, the challenge I have to needing to stare at the ground or being messed up by what you see, it is fully possible for a young man, even a young man in our culture, to learn to discipline his brain. And this is this is kind of how it works. I used to ask the the teens, because years ago I worked as a medic, and and I've, I've worked in the civilian world as well as the Army. In the Army I had less opportunity for this, but in the civilian world every now and then we'd hit an accident scene and we would we, there would either be an unconscious or somebody that's gone mm-hmm. through trauma and, and you have to expose. You have to see yeah. their, their body to make sure that they're not injured. And there is a massive difference between looking at a feminine form, looking for gross bleeding or deformity, and looking at my beautiful wife. Right. And I have completely alternative outcomes both in my mind and heart and in my body when I'm on a scene dealing with something sure. versus and now I'm not saying that you have to to dehumanize females that you look at in the mall who are wearing something absolutely right. and incredibly sexually attractive mm-hmm. but you you yourself have a method of um, uh, allowing your heart to be open to loving people and desiring to understand people who you don't know, where you're sitting in a coffee shop and you, you look at somebody and you begin to open your heart to them and you begin mm-hmm. to fall in love with somebody that you literally have never met. And I believe the same thing is possible because taking every thought captive doesn't have to do with sensory intake. It doesn't have to do with looking even at a, say, no. even a naked woman no. or, or man, if that's, if that's what you've got going on, whether you're a woman or whatever, no. whatever's going on with you. The, the, the thing about it is, is your imagination. Taking your every thought captive has to do with a certain amount of discipline um, over how you imagine. The imagination is the best thing God gave us. It is literally able to create something from nothing. I think Mm -hmm. it's part of the fingerprint of God, like made in the image of God. I think our imagination is one of the evidences that we're made in the image of God because we have creative ability. But when I look at a woman, I have the capacity to, like what you were just talking about, I have the capacity to think anything about her and all of that denies and this is this is where if i was talking to a youth that that was struggling with this my my question would be do you have a sister do you have a mom do you have a do you have a grandma do you have a cousin do you have a little niece that you like taking care of and one of the ways that i for years as a youth pastor dealt with genuine (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how to say it. There's gorgeous girls that walk around and a lot of young uh, uh, youth pastors fall to yeah. really yeah. screwed up things with their youth groups. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why is because they're not. And when it says taking every thought captive, that's a really in our culture that that's a very uh, that's a negative way of talking about how to just learn how to love people who are presenting something that they don't understand because I well, think, and that's let me let me go. sorry to cut yeah, you. yeah 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 no you're you're good um, and and I, I like what you're saying because it it's basically the church side of things in terms of that mm-hmm. should have been and I don't believe that it is mm-hmm. I believe that you were wanting it to be but it should have been 
um, let me help you connect with the opposite sex yeah. on a level of loving their hearts and knowing their hearts. And being able to um, see through. If you do that, yeah. uh, then you're not going to trail off on these imaginations when you see yes. a girl them all. Exactly. You know, now, again... If you remember being 16, 17, 18. <laughs> I don't know how you I'm, do it at 16, uh, yeah, 17, I'm not even sure that I'm it's possible. I'm 45. <laughs> right. You know, for me, that's a battle. I pretty well, much gave up and said, you know what? I'm not going to fight this. You know, I'm, I, I'm not going to fight this mm-hmm. with, with men. Um, mm-hmm. But, however, in the world, the messages that are being sent to men um, already set them on the trail of what to think when they see the girl in the mall. Sure. Um, You're now, right. now right. interesting, I never even thought I would be this. Here I am today with four daughters. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I was. We were watching something the other day, my wife and I, and they were talking about pornography and mm-hmm. the boys that are being raised in this generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the statistics, it was like 95% of boys will see pornography by the age of 16. Sure. Um, that feels... I mean, it's just... Um, that feels light. Like 33%, I believe it said, of boys will be addicted to violent abuse pornography. Mm-hmm where there are rape scenes and all. Mm -hmm. So, and I got four daughters here, Mm -hmm. you know, so now I'm having to talk to my daughters, Mm -hmm. um, about sex and I'm wanting it to be an open conversation. Mm -hmm. And you know, they'll, the other day something happened and, and I could tell both my oldest daughters did not know what the term meant. Mm -hmm. And it was something, you know, I forget what it was. but it was it was a worldly term, you know, like mm-hmm. an, like oral sex. Or, sure, sure. And I they didn't understand. And my wife was kind of perturbed with me, but I just I said, "Oh, here's what that means," and I laid it out in plain terms, you know. Yeah. And because I, I'm my girls are entering into this world where these boys have been raised, yeah, and the whole subject of sex for them is so um, demented and twisted. Do you know that at their school? Uh, at the high school that my two girls go to in their sex mm-hmm. education class, do you know that they tell the kids that some people like to be tied up? Sure. Some they literally sure. teach I that it. now. I, I, I was I was flabbergasted. Yeah, my, you know. So anyway, the whole thing about you know the Christian world versus the world. It's like sometimes I wonder: Have we raised our children in my home in a bubble to where they're going to come out of this bubble? They're going to innocently start dating a boy. And then they're going to end up in a literal hellhole with this boy um, doing horrible things to them. You know, how do you prepare? How do you do that? And I, I honestly don't have the answers. I, I, I try to be open and honest with my kids and talk about it, you know. And But I, I don't know. At this point, you know, I, I, even today, I think I told my wife, I said, maybe we should just convince all the girls to become nuns. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's – I think you're, the, the, some of the cultures that – dealt with some of the similar issues to what we're dealing with right now, that was an answer. I don't know that that's, that's even, that's, that's not even realistic right now. I think, yeah. I think you are dealing for just from the, the standpoint of, of experience. I think you are doing one of the big things and, and openness uh, desensitizes uh, uh, that inappropriate reaction to parents. Yeah. The earlier that you are open as a parent with your your kids, appropriately open with your kids about relationships, 
um, and about uh, basic sexuality, the more opportunity that your kids have to be protected by your influence. And then the other, it, I, I am not an It Takes a Village fan, but I do think that, that uh, you know, having a youth group or at least having a, a community around your kids yeah. that they can trust because um, it, it does look very wild out there. And there is a lot of crazy stuff going on right now. Yeah. And and culturally, sexual experience happens much earlier than our our generation or, or even oh, yeah. like several, 11 years old. It, yeah, uh, yeah that, and that's that's early, but th- that happens nowadays. Yeah. Um, the 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 need that our kids have nowadays, though, is that community of trusted people that they have around them because it is possible to live. Um, it's harder nowadays, but it's possible to live a. Um, I hate the word pure. Um, an I innocent yeah. existence. I, I I believe it is. It is. Oh, I, 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 but you know, look. Okay, let's look at the Duggar family. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, and I I got nothing bad to say here, so I'm not going to bash no, I, them. I'm going to poke I'm, fun I'm, at them. You know, I know the teaching that they've been under. Uh-huh. The 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 guy who's the head of that teaching, mm-hmm. I disagree with it. I think it's hurtful. I think it's you know whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, you watch this show and they're you know they almost seem so pure that it's just unreal. Yeah, you know, it's like wow, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, you find out um, with Josh, yeah, all this stuff that goes on. Now everybody's horrified and mortified, and oh my gosh, he's a hypocrite. Look, I will. I didn't bat an eye. No, uh, you know what? I uh, every part of me wanted to reach out to Josh and and just say I'm I'm so sorry, you know. But uh, it, it's I don't I forget the point I was heading for, but you know, there's a part of me. There's a part of me even with that. You you see, even Josh is sort of. You know, pulled away from the way the family is raised. Sure, sure. and uh, and it takes all it takes is a pop up on his screen while he's doing his homework when he's eleven. Yeah, that pulls him into a world that completely causes his brain to change in the way yeah. he sees women and yeah. how he sees things. And uh, well, and boys nowadays, the world, the, the way that the world deals with boys is that you're an animal, basically. That you have no self control whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. and you're right. trying to explain even the word discipline. Um, uh, I, I have one other thing in the back of my head, but trying to just explain the world, the word discipline, that discipline is a punishment, that discipline is, is discipling yourself after something. And, and that, that mentality is so alien to any young man yeah. in our culture, well, young or old, yeah. um, older men, of course, need their wives to do everything for them. And, and they're basically just, just, you know, helpless, we we are we are helpless addicts to our own appetites, which is kind of where I, I, I wanted to yeah. say that one of the, the the challenges of our culture, especially uh, the the sexual appetites of our culture, is that we're led, and I, I'm, I'm using scripture, but that we're led by our stomach. Our God is our appetites. Our right. God right. is our desires, and the culturally, the thing that is of the highest value, the highest almost moral value nowadays, is to be able to chase. Your pleasures no. to be able to chase right. whatever it is, right. that, and we kind of we've, we've touched on this. We just haven't yeah. touched on in the sexual side, yeah. and so one of the challenges of that, since we become very very diverse and to a certain extent egalitarian, where everything is equal, all philosophies, all thinking, there is no better, there is no worse, yeah. there is yeah. just 
equal. And so since I get to think whatever I want, be whatever I want, desire whatever I want, we've become very, very confused because your desires change by the second. My my desires, I, I remember the, the, the point at which I understood homosexual love. And it, it had to do with me being very isolated from females in basic training, and my only friends were males. And I okay. realized I truly love these guys. But that's not homosexual. No, I, I agree completely. Yeah. However, twisted. If now, if I twist that, and and me personally, and I I I did not have any type of understanding of companionship right. with my wife or with women, I could easily confuse my desire to be with yep. my best friends yep. as a desire to be with yep. them lifelong uh-huh. and even now culturally because it's such a, a open path um, to be with them sexually yep. because and, and I believe I believe the way the culture explains it is if yes. you do and intimately love your best friend who's the same sex of you that means that you are gay when this is confused that's confused it is that's confusing. confused thinking and, and uh, anyone who that that has always been something that has bothered me the most if you absolutely love and adore somebody of the same sex yeah. That means you're homosexual, which is which is so utter. When this Absolutely is this is, true. and I guess I don't, I don't know. I I I wouldn't put a lot of this at the, at the foot of the church, but this is our complete separation as men from allowing our hearts to be a part of the context that we think with. Not just our logical minds, no. where I, I literally allow the emotions. Uh, and when I say that, I'm not talking just the reactions to my environment. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the deeper emotions of relationships to have real value in my thinking. And we don't, we don't, we, we tend as men to divorce ourselves from that. Yes, we do. And, and well, we yet, were taught that way from No, you're right. Age. You're right. We're, we're taught from two years old, stop crying. Yeah. Stop crying. You know, and don't, if you do don't cry, do you're a sissy. Right, you're a, you're a sissy. And so we're taught to stuff that away. Yeah. And so now we've got an entire generation of men now who uh, do not connect emotionally. No. You know, so then you want to bring up the topic of sex. You know, it's like, wow, you already, most men come into the discussion of sex. Um, they are paraplegics. Yeah. In their thinking. Half of them is gone. And now we're going to discuss sex. And we're going to discuss it on a biblical level. <laughs> by not being, you know, able, being able to think of it with our hearts and by exactly. be, basically being wild animals who consume, consume, consume. It's, and it, and that, it, it is like, it, you know what it is? It's like this generation is like, you know, men are dogs and we're, yes. we're, we're explaining and teaching yeah. on rainbows to dogs. Dogs are colorblind. Um, yeah. It all, is almost right. a hopeless situation, you know. And I, I'm not saying it's hopeless, but no. the whole... But, discussion with it, it's like, oh, you know, I, I think I'm to the point, the whole topic of it, that I'm like, you know what? Stay off the internet. <laughs> don't watch TV. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, go out and live next door to the Alaskan bush become, people. Become an Amish. Be, no, become that guy that went up to Alaska and built his own house and, <laughs> and made his made his utensils. Yeah. <laughs> and I've said before on this podcast, you know, these people like Paul who are like so holy and totally cool, you know, the Apostle Paul. Sure. You know, if you could, if you could send him from heaven and back down here to earth, in my generation, who knows, inside of two weeks, Paul may be addicted to porn, sitting in a trailer park somewhere, just Dude, never well, leaving because okay. he did not have that kind of a pull. That You're right. If Paul right. would see, 
One time when I was when I was a master's commissioner, a group of us went out to see a movie, mm-hmm. and we had a foreign exchange student uh, kind of come, and he was in our group, uh-huh. and he was from a country I even for, I so forget what country he was from, uh-huh. but his access to internet and and stuff in pornography it just was wasn't even there. Sure, you know he had never oh even gosh. seen more than one yeah. or two movies his whole life. Yeah. you know, and here he's coming. He's in America. Down to California. Was I in California? It was in Arizona. Still Arizona. I mean, yeah. that's Th- this guy. But he he shows up to Arizona and uh-huh. is in our master's commission. We went out to see a movie. And it was mm-hmm. just some normal. I don't even remember the movie. Sure. Five minutes into it, he got up and ran out of the theater. And we thought, what in the world? You know, we 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 walked out and he was just like shaking. We were like, what's wrong? And he really opened my eyes to how desensitized that even I. Mm-hmm. We were sitting there for entertainment watching. Uh, things that to him were the most vile, hideous things that made me think of the Apostle Paul. What would Paul do if he came to 2016 in Hollywood, California, Olympia, Arizona, anywhere, Sure, and just went to the mall, just went to Starbucks for coffee um, and saw the flesh, the sexuality, saw all of that? What would Paul do? At the very least, it made me realize that there's a grace that God has oh, gosh, yeah. for men. My my um, angle of attack on this whole thing, I've done men's conferences mm-hmm. all over. Um, I bring this up, and you can see the men sink down. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, here it comes. And I feel like crap already because yeah. I suck, and I'm yeah. terrible at everything, and I know I'm the worst. And if anybody even knew what I've been doing, they would throw me out of it. You know, every guy's okay. saying that. And my aim has always been to relieve them yeah. of the condemnation and the guilt and say, hey, you're, you are a good person. You're a good man. You have the heart of God. And this is yeah. why even in my book, I talk about the man who you know, talked about how he was addicted to Internet pornography yeah. and he's just full of darkness. And, and I asked him, after you look at Internet pornography alone, your wife and kids are asleep. And mm-hmm. I said, how do you feel once you're done? He was like, I feel empty. I feel horrible. I feel awful. Mm-hmm. I said, see, you have the heart of God. Yes, exactly. And so my, what's my your real desire to really get you back because the culture for men today, mm-hmm. from the time we're born mm-hmm. all the way up, you know, through, you know, toddler to teens to twenties, thirties, forties, the culture in men has taught us to separate our heart from our head That's right. to no longer no, you're right. accept and be the real us Once again. You know, to well, no longer be the real us. Um, and and so by the time we come to sex, we're almost crippled. Yeah. But but the reality, if you can get man back into the real him, I think you don't even need to talk about sex. Yeah. If you And so my thing with men has always been, I see you, kind of like an avatar. I see into yeah. you. You're yeah. a good person. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that as some sort of a, you know manipulative no, uh, psychological although, ploy, but I mean well, really seeing the man and saying, you know what, you, I know this isn't you, and and get him to accept who he is. and then Because my whole thing is, how do you get somebody to stop living from their head and start living from their heart? Most men don't do it. Most mm-hmm. women don't do it in this generation. No. Well, more and more women are taking on that masculine yeah. Yeah. Uh, like con- in terms of sex, consumer yeah. mentality, women, yeah. women, and that's one of the one of the real damages to to culture right now is that that women are viewing sex in yep. the same way they, as men. They are, and, and it's men, because they've been abused in the past, yes. and, and and in that abuse, they had to separate their heart from their head just to get through the moment. Yes. and so now they're thinking like men. Well, so anyway, if you can get a person to yes. to accept and to no longer uh, avoid their heart, yeah. 
Um, I think it all kind of takes care of itself. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't get in sticky situations. Well, I, I love that a few minutes ago you were talking about condemnation. And what kept on going through my brain in the beginning of our, like, this subject opening up was there is therefore no condemnation yeah. among those who believe. And th- this is, this is, I think the Apostle Paul in his holiness and in, in his writing, if, if that's how he spoke and that's how he yeah. lived, then... When when I think of him, I don't necessarily think of him as holy. I think of him as presenting an ideal, yeah. and like like the the verse, yeah. there is therefore no condemnation. Uh, uh, it's, it's Romans eight. Um, the that concept, I don't think Paul necessarily was experiencing all the time. I think he was experiencing condemnation. I think that's what humans do. Yeah. And then you meet that one person, like what you're saying, who meets somebody who is is absolutely locked in the clutches of porn desire, yeah. where they can't get out of that, that addictive desire just to... Um, it's not even, it, it's just to fulfill an itch. It's just to stop an itch. Yeah. And and they now have applied an entire <laughs> belief structure around them it stopping this itch yeah. every night or every yeah. every other, every yeah. few nights. Yeah. And now is it sin? Yeah, it's sin. But in all honesty, it's just an itch. But 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 here's what I wish men would understand. Okay, take take. Oh, we could we could do twenty podcasts. I know on this. Take this the is whole pornography a, addiction. A huge okay? thing. Is yeah. it a sin? Yes, it is a sin against you. Yes, against your own body. And, and that's and so exactly most right. Most of these men are like, I can't even face God. I'm so unholy. And God's like, Look. You're hurting yourself. I've got you're, a weird not, and and I and I'm not I'm not overlooking the fact that when you buy into the whole porn culture, you're actually buying in to child trafficking. You're yep. buying oh, into the uh, entire abuse of women. Yeah. So I get that, but that is so abstract for most people. And in their yeah. true heart, that's not what most people doing. are not. No, yeah. what they're doing is sinning against themselves. And I don't even like the word sin, but I'm not going to take it out I, because for it's, Christians, it's incredibly unhealthy. If if I want to if I want to talk about this in psychological terms as opposed to spiritual terms, yeah. I can say that the addiction of scratching that itch yeah. is incredibly unhealthy. It now is. the challenge is that's scratching an itch. That's not fulfilling covenant. Like when I think of the relational. Uh, joy that I get. And even to a certain extent, I was, I was watching something recently and they were talking about if, if most people were able to see, uh, uh, our sex, they wouldn't have like deep desire or steamy thoughts. They'd start laughing. And I, I think of that a lot of times. I mean, some of the stupid things that have happened and I have to be careful here, but like Meg and I having sex a lot of times has been more a comedy than it's been some kind of an amazing sex scene. And that has been like some of the joy of our relationship that doesn't compare to porn. Porn doesn't even come to the same dollar value or no, like, no, like two totally different it, and, and this is it's one of the totally. challenges when we start talking about sins and stuff is that yes, is porn a sin? Absolutely. It's a selfish sin. It's not a sin of relationship and it's not a sin of covenant. No. It, it's horrible. I mean, um, it will break your relationship with your wife. Most likely if you, if you don't deal with sure. it. But I mean, like, like when I, when I think about that type of thing, I like so many times in in my in my uh, conversations with people. It's like I can't even put this on the same track. It's not even in the same place. And uh, boy, we've gone we've gone wide 
like like wide ranging, but these are the these are some of the types of conversations sure. that not only do we need to have as Christians, but that God's already involved in. We act as if God is on like there on Sunday when you open the Bible and we sing from hymn number two hundred and thirty four verses one and five, yeah. you know, and and then when you end up in some kind of a either a, a a water cooler conversation with your friend that you're a little bit embarrassed about, or when you're in the secrecy of your own bedroom or whatever, we act as if God isn't a part of this stuff. I mean, and I realize this is the one of the oldest. You know, discussions oh, among sure. Christians, and, but but most of us are. I look at most married couples, and it's amazing. I, I felt for years I felt so bad for mm-hmm. women. For women, I just my heart goes out to them. Sure, you know, most women, and again, it's changing this generation. But most women do not even get uh, porn, the porn world that no. that their man, yeah, that they live with, yeah, uh, grew up with. Yeah. Um, I saw a clip of Chris Rock. He walks out. He's a comedian. Mm-hmm. He's like, women, you have no idea who you're living with. He said, the man that you love has been raised on pornography since the age of 12. Yeah. You are living with a monster. And he, and it's funny the way he's saying it. But sure. it's like, oh, my gosh, I've always felt terrible for women who they want true heart connection, this yeah. and that. And they got a guy now who's been raised on this. So this is this generation. Now they tradable. come together, right? And they're not getting it. However, let's stop there for a moment. Yeah. What else, here's what else I found. The woman was not raised, generally speaking, I know it's changing, but mm-hmm. she was not raised on this horrible triple X pornography. Mm-hmm. She oh, was raised yeah. on romance novels. Sure. On soap operas, how to lose a man in ten she days. She was she the was movies. raised on romantic movies. Sure, Sleepless in Seattle. This sure, and that. yeah. And here's the thing: she got the same inner charge from watching that sure. that her man did from watching porn. Sure, um, romance novels and romantic movies like that. Well, it is. It's the, pornography for women. Yeah, exactly. For, it's pornography for the heart is what it is. Yeah. So now that woman comes to the bedroom with her husband who has been over here watching the most horrible physical acts of debauchery. Yeah. And she's been watching, quite frankly, the most horrible fantasitical acts yeah. That, yeah. that are also unrealistic. And yeah. she has expectations based on that. Yeah. And you wonder why the divorce rate. Yeah. Yeah. Is well, it's like a, it's a double whammy. It's a perfect storm. Totally. You know, the oh. guy the guy can't turn off his his basic visual animalistic want after after supercharging yeah. it, and the girl can't turn off that like need for the the. It's not even perfect man because the guys that they're looking at are perfect. Oh, it's it's for the heart throbbing romance. Yeah. You know, it's it's you know, <laughs> and and my wife. I remember my wife would start saying a couple of years after we got married. She would say this every now and then. She'd say, you know, sex and marriage is not like I thought it was. Me, you know, we're we're not <laughs> chewing the buttons off our shirt. No. And, and there's not a trail of clothes le- leading from exactly. the kitchen exactly. all the way into the bedroom, and yep. we're passionately staring into each other's eyes. She, you know, the reality of real life. Is that, you know, half the, like when we were having our, when we were trying to conceive our first child, yeah. you know, and, you know it, and it starts being work. Oh, it starts being work now. Now we're <laughs> yeah. no longer doing it. And our child That's is right. coming out of this intimate intimacy. Calendars, our child is coming out of, uh, yeah, we're doing it every other day. Yep. <laughs> I remember my wife once saying to me, uh, we were trying to conceive our first and she was uh-huh. like, hurry up, you know, Columbo's coming on. And I... <laughs> I'm just like, oh my no, gosh, what has happened to that's us? That's part of almost every long-term healthy married 
relationship well, that, is that is when the, the TV uh, because you're not you're not staring deeply no, right. into the eyes and you're panting. Right. You're laying there thinking about who's going to get the dog vomit out of the stairs. <laughs> well, he just puked. I heard him yes. in the back, and that is a reality. Yes. And no, to me, to me, you're I lucky there's dog vomit on the stairs, by the way, and not dog on the side of the bed. Oh, no, <laughs> he doesn't. Our dog jumped up the other day. We had just we had just washed the comforter. It was nice and clean, yep. and Angie got under it. We pulled it up. We were like. Oh, it's so nice. It's snowball. Our dog jumps up, walks yep. across the comforter in between two of us and yaks right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. But that's real life. No, that is. Exactly. And You're right. Me, I wish. Right. I, I w- All I can do is be real life out loud so to everyone around me. That is the core of this entire talk. It really how is. Do you, how do you, um, as a dad, try and at the very least give your kids the best chance for a healthy, like a healthy life? Do real life all the time. That's it. Don't try and Open turn it. off real. Exactly. Don't, don't try and make my kids think that I am holier than exactly. thou. Exactly. Just be a real person. And always be real life. Let me tell you, this is what pornography does. Pornography um, accentuates something and makes it something so huge that it's not even true. Right. Well, we also do it in the church. People will give their testimony. (laughs) Their testimony of how Jesus saved them, they will embellish it so much that it's just not true. So everyone is disillusioned with everything in the church, outside of the church, every area. We're in the midst of the political season. All of these candidates are trying to make themselves into something that is way too big to ever be true. The other guy is way too bad. Exactly. And, And... to me, it comes yep. out, you know what, okay, and I, I do this in my ministry. I'm going to be real life. Yep. And this is why people get offended because I'll go to preach somewhere and all of a sudden they're like, wow, this guy's rough around the edges. He's mm-hmm. using, he's, he's, he said, what the hell is this? And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be real life for you mm-hmm. because I know when you leave here, that's who you are. Yes. But, and, and so even in the whole sex thing and everything with my kids, I want to be real life mm-hmm. on a on a regular basis, mm-hmm. I think if if we can start to show people it's all right to do that rather than to wear the mask of exactly. what we our religion thinks we should be, exactly um, what our culture thinks we should be, but just be the real person that they are inside but are yes. afraid to use it and, and, and show it. I think in the long term, you can help yep. at least those around you to yep. uh, to lead some sort of normalcy. When this isn't a like a license to say. I get to be rude, or I get to be no, purposefully yeah. purposefully mean, or I get to yeah. be, pur- um, or I get so. Do I swear? And this is something that I, I've been asked a hundred times mm-hmm. by teens, and now I'm not doing youth anymore. And I find that 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 the few times that I do, I, I notice it more, and I'm not even doing youth. But um, you know, kids would ask in the midst of some conversation, "Do you swear?" And and my answer is yes. Um, not not as much as I used to, in all honesty, because mm-hmm. it just doesn't carry as much joy for me. But but, and then um, the 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 issue with that is being real all the time doesn't mean that I'm going to swear more. I think culturally, a lot of us when we hear like somebody say being real, what we think is okay. Now you get to we, we're going to see this person be a really just a trash uh, no, mouth. No, all no, the you're time. right. You're right. I, and that just mean all it means that, is that topic does need clarification. Well, uh, it just means that you're going to. Are you going to see the pastor be human? Yes. Are you going to see Sister Mary Sue every now and then do something a little unflattering? No, no. Yes. That's because that's life. It's pretty sad though that we have to. Um, 
sit and go over what being real means. <laughs> no, you're right. And say you're right. It, it's it's true. Sad, but you're right. It it needs clarification for a lot of people because we're so we're well, so far from what's real. We don't even know. I think we think being real means acting. You know, worse. Or yes. Or, and, and anyway, we're out of time. Yeah. Blah blah blah. <laughs> we should. Uh, well, I I would like to come back. Again. You know, <laughs> I contacted. Uh, I I read this article uh, from the New York Times. Um, a while back, I think I mentioned it on the podcast show mm-hmm. from a, an ex porn star yes, girl. Yes, I read it. Uh, okay, yeah. ten reasons why your daughter wants to become a porn star. Yep. And anyway, I contacted her a couple oh, days ago, and uh, and said, "Give me a call. I want to talk to you. I'm actually planning a, a trip to Holland. Another one coming up, and I'm wanting uh-huh. to uh, really hit the sex culture in Holland because prostitution is legal out there. And yeah, really, want I want to get a lot of the young women there who are in that, and 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 just talk to them. So, mm-hmm. but I asked her if she'd come on the show, and I'd, I'd like to talk to her. She's an absolutely brilliant girl. I mean, mm-hmm. in fact, she's one of my favorite people right now in the world. I am so blown away by the brilliance of this girl and how she thinks and mm-hmm. how she describes things. And she's just, she's just. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm hoping that I can have her on the show. But but cool. the whole topic of that is a, is sort of the same or a different topic that I want to have in the future. But sure. anyway, I don't want to keep people. Hey, thanks for joining us, guys. Well, that was the sex talk from Darren and Hans. I would love to know what you thought about this issue. Not so much about sex itself, uh, specifically, but more importantly, how we Christians can sort of loosen up on the issue of sex. How we can become more comfortable talking about sex with each other, and especially within our families. So that all of us can get a healthier and more godly view of sex. If you want to weigh in on this discussion by Darren and Hans, uh, go ahead and leave a comment at theology.fm slash Darren Hufford slash 19. Also, if you want to learn more about God's view of sex, I, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I have published several podcasts recently on this very topic of the One Verse podcast as I work my way through Genesis 1 and 2. And you can subscribe to that. Just go to iTunes, search for the One Verse podcast. It's also on Stitcher, TuneIn, and a couple of other places. Um, search for the One Verse Podcast. You can also just go to redeeminggod.com. There's links there as well. And by doing that, you can see some of the episodes where I've taught from Scripture what God thinks about sex and how sexual intimacy is the very first command in Scripture. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Hope to see you also at the One Verse Podcast. And um, we'll join us next time as I give you an interview that I did with Adam Erickson of the Raven Foundation where we look at Mimetic theory. That sounds hefty, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's the most important thing. One of the most important insights we can have about culture, society, religion, and even how to understand ourselves, our families, politics, scripture, and basically everything else about life. So join us then. That's the next episode of the Theology.fm podcast. In two weeks, we will see you then.